is the Imperfect Dad MD podcast where I'm helping dads like myself embrace their parenting imperfections and rediscover what it means to be a dad in the 21st century. Hello and welcome back to another episode of the Imperfect Dad MD podcast. I am your host, Dr. Jeremy Toffel, and today we are going to focus on learning how to embrace ourselves, embrace our identity, embrace um, how we define ourselves. Um, and that definition is always changing. If you haven't recognized that, it, it, it definitely does. And so um, when you think about your identity, um, you know, I, I, I did a blog post on this and I'll link it in the show notes below, but when you think about the way you identify yourself, identity really just means how you see yourself in that specific moment. And I want that to kind of set in for you. You know, our identity shifts and changes all throughout our lives. I'm sure your identity of who you are today is much different to what your identity was back in high school or college or grade school or, or anything along those lines. And that is really influenced by how the outside world views us. Now, I don't want it to be that way, and I don't want you to let the outside world influence you, but it really does. And I, I kind of want to use some examples here. Let's let's start talking about our kids and maybe how our kids self-identify and how we self-identify our kids um, as well. How many times have you praised your kids today? Think about it. How many times have you told them, hey, you're doing just a good job with that, or hey, you're so smart, or you're so kind, or you're so brave, or any of those kind of words? Just kind of think. Can you remember any? I mean, hopefully you have. It's possible maybe you haven't. Maybe it's one of those hard days, and your kids are really just really getting to you, which I totally understand, and I have those days myself. And maybe we haven't said many of those things to our child today. And if that's the case, I want you to kind of think about how that might be influencing them and what their sense of self is. You know, a lot of times in the office, when we see kids in the office, um, it's not uncommon for kids to act shy around me. You, know, you walk in the room, you get your stethoscope on, you know, we, we don't really wear our white coats all the time anymore. And so then you don't have to worry as much about the whole, the white coat fear of everything. But, um, when I walk into the room and you see the kid who is sitting there playing with mom or dad and acting happy, acting excited, it's almost like a deer in the headlights situation. They stare at you. They're like, oh my gosh, what's going on? And then they either run to their parent, they grab on, they hide under a chair, hide under a desk, try to hide behind the exam table. Um, and it's this fear kind of sets in or they might not respond to you and you might ask, hey, how's it going? How's your day? How you feeling? And they just kind of stare at you like you're just some weird creature that just walked into the room. And... It's not uncommon to have a parent just kind of smile and say, oh, it's okay, they're just shy. Have you ever said that about your kids? Did anybody ever say that about you growing up that you can think of? So think about in that moment when that parent says, oh, it's okay, they're just shy. What's that kid thinking in their mind? It could be a two-year-old, could be a four-year-old, could be a seven-year-old. could be a teenager at this point, who knows? But it's probably not the first time that parent has ever said that the kid's shy. Maybe other moments when they meet new people or they go to a friend's house or something at school or daycare where they kind of pull back from the group and the parent might be talking to the teacher or talking to their friend and say, oh yeah, little, little Jimmy's always shy when he first meets people or something like that. 
Well, when we say those things, our kids hear it. We might not think they hear us, but they hear literally everything we say about them. And when they are little, everything we say influences how they feel about themselves. So if I sit there and I talk about my boys, let's say, and I just say, oh, yeah, my kids are shy. It's okay. Don't worry about it. They're just shy. And I keep saying, oh, yeah, aren't you shy? Or you're going to be, you're, you know, it's okay when we go to this new situation. It's okay to be shy. All those kind of things. They start to identify as, oh, okay, I'm shy. And instead of learning to break out of that shyness, they identify as, I'm just a shy kid. And so now when I get put into a new situation or meet new people or do new things, I'm not going to be that front and center leader type of personality. I'm going to kind of hold back. I'm going to reserve myself. I'm going to wait and see what's going on. Um, Maybe I don't put myself out there. Maybe I don't try to uh, experience something new because I've now identified myself as being a shy person. And if you've done this with your kid, don't feel like I'm judging you. It's, It's not uncommon to see. So now let's break out of the shy definition. Let's think of some other things we've said about our kids. Now, this is not judgment because I have done these things in my past and I obviously, when I recognize I do them, I have to I have to try to about face and, and, and figure out how to fix it. Um, but it's not uncommon for our children to misbehave. I mean, they're still learning. They're still trying to figure out how to be a normal person. And by normal, that's a generic term because we're, there's no normal people, to be honest. We're all different in our own special ways. But, um, you know, they're trying to learn how to behave in different areas of life. It might be at home. It might be at school. It might be when you're out and about. And they're going to mess up just like we mess up on a pretty frequent basis. And so when our kid messes up or they misbehave or they do something different that's not supposed to happen, what words are you using? How are you identifying your child? You know, sometimes we will use words like, oh, you're being naughty. Or why can't you be nice to your brother? You're always fighting with your brother. Or why do you act this way? You always act this way. And sometimes in our mind, we almost are trying to use these words as a sense of shame. Um, not to be mean to our kids, but to hope that maybe they recognize it. They say, oh, look, I'm not acting the way mommy or daddy wants me to act, so I'm going to do better. And, you know, the crazy thing with kids is they don't always think that way because their minds sometimes don't have that abstract thought process yet, especially the younger kids, you know, when they're three, four, five, even a little bit older, that abstract thought of, oh, okay, mom or dad sees me this way, so now I need to shift my reactions or feelings um, to better accommodate how they want me to be. Yeah, they don't. They don't have a great way of doing that yet. They don't have the tools in their mindset or their feelings or their emotions to do that. Sometimes we think they do because us as adults have that ability to do that, or at least we should. And so we assume our kids can do it too, and we sometimes forget that they're just they're not there yet. So when you use those words, and let's say you use the same thing all the time and uh, you know again I'm using my boys as examples they they fight a lot and it's it seems like a daily basis and I've we've definitely caught ourselves in saying things like oh you always fight with your brother why can't you ever get along with your brother why can't you do this or you guys are always fighting over the remote or you're always doing this or doing that instead of our kids taking that taking it in and deciding okay I'm going to change my behavior they start to self-identify as okay I fight with my brother or oh okay I always misbehave in this way or my mom and dad always tell me I'm being naughty, which we, we don't tell our boys that, but think about it that way. If you're telling your kid that they're naughty all the time, eventually they self-identify. They start to, f- 
to assume like I'm just a naughty kid. And instead of changing how who they are, or how they act, or how they do things, they just identify that way. So how does that set you up for the future? Probably, probably not well. And so I think when we are you know, working with our kids and working on how they behave and how they act and how they talk, um, it's really important to watch what type of identifiers, identifiers we use. So what are some good things you can say? You know, you can maybe try not to focus as much on the negative throughout the day and focus more on the positives. And so if there are things you want your child to identify as, so maybe you want them to feel smart, maybe you want them to feel strong, kind, brave, um, whatever those words are, you know, make a list for yourself. Go over it with your spouse if you have a significant other, um, anything like that with your child that you're, you're taking care of together. Come up with a list, maybe four or five things. doesn't even have to be that. It could be three. And you want it to be a consistent thought process. You want it to be a consistent message. What do you want your, your child to identify as? And then find moments throughout the day whatever that might be, that you can insert these these key phrases into the day to describe your child. You're being so kind. That was so kind what you did for your brother there. Or, you're so smart. You know, you did so good with that math problem. Or, hey, you added that up really fast when I asked you to do it. You are such a smart kid. And if this is something you're not already doing, see how things go for a couple of weeks. See if you notice a difference in how maybe your child holds themselves or how they react to situations or how they seem to be influenced by other things around them. You know, it's really freeing when our sense of identity goes from feeling down or feeling um, bad about ourselves to feeling a lot more positive. It's, it's It's interesting how the cascade effect is from being excited about one moment because of how we identify to how that then influences so many other moments in our day. So I want you to try that. So come up with a few things, write them down. Again, if you want to keep them in your, your wallet, put them on your phone, anything like that, just, just to remind yourself to say these things. You can make a checklist like, Hey, how many times did I do this today? <laughs> you know, whatever works for you. Cause you want this to become a habit, not just for them, but for yourself, because the more I, I guarantee you, the more you do this, the better things are going to be. Now, I'm not saying let your kid get away with anything and never scold them or never tell them that they did something wrong because they have to learn still. So you st- there's still going to be those moments. But watch the type of words you say. Watch the way you address it. And I bet those situations are going to get better. So now that we're done with talking about our kids and how they self-identify, the next step, we need to look at ourselves. How do you identify yourself? as a spouse, significant other? How do you identify yourself as a father? How do you identify yourself as just an overall person? I want you to think about that. Think of some some words that you might use to identify yourself. And be honest. It's okay to be honest with yourself. It's okay if some of those identifiers are not great. Because we're, we're going to work on this. Um, think about what those words are. And try to figure out where in your day, in your week, in your month, those got reinforced. Maybe they're positive words, which is great. If you have a lot of positive thoughts by yourself, that's awesome. See, see where that's coming from. Try to figure out where that's coming from. If you have a lot of negative ones, 
try to figure out where that's coming from too. You know, those, those self-identifiers really influence how we as adults approach situations. You know, on the, the first episode, we talked a lot about how your feelings really influence the way we act. And those feelings are derived from those thoughts. And our thoughts are a lot of, a, lot of a product of how we identify. And that really influences the pathways our brains take when we deal with certain situations. And that might be as in our work life and our parenting life and our um, being a good spouse or significant other. And so try to see where those words are coming from. The next thing I want you to do is look at those words and figure out, do I want this to be how I identify? Or am I going to let this be the way I identify myself? Because those words that you're coming up with are your words that you created about yourself. Now, you may have heard somebody say that about yourself, but you chose to identify that way. And we don't always think about it that way. We sometimes will be told by someone that um, we're really kind in a situation. Or we may be told by somebody that, wow, you're really selfish all the time when you do that. Now, that's their opinion, maybe not your opinion, but you, in that moment, have to then choose, are you going to accept that about yourself? Because if you do, it's going to influence everything you feel about yourself and everything you do in that situation beyond that point. And so, I want you to kind of see how that's influenced in your life. Like, you know, like I said at the beginning of this, your identity is how you identify yourself in that moment, our identity is always shifting. You know, when I look at myself growing up, I was I was pretty shy growing up. If you had if you had known me back in uh, junior high and, and pretty in early high school, I'd say even maybe near the end of it, I was I was not a super outgoing kid. I I kept to myself. I didn't always put myself out there. I mean, I had friends, but I never, you know, went out of my way to do anything specific or to, you know, be a leader in the group or things like that. I, I tended to follow along. And, and that was out of fear of failure. I had been, you know, told various times throughout my life that um, I didn't do something right or, or something like that. And I'm not blaming anybody for that because we're, we're all told that. But I let those feelings and those thoughts influence how I identified and that influenced the way I was. And so instead of being, you know, that leader role back then and, and speaking up and kind of controlling how the situation was going, I would let other people take the wheel and just kind of hang out in the back seat and listen to the music and let it go. Um, but I knew I didn't want to be that way for long. And it wasn't until I was, I'd probably say junior year in high school, I, I went to a camp, a Lutheran camp before this. But it really started to click with me when I went um, to it, I think, my junior year. Um, so I was growing, grew up as a Lutheran. Um, and there was a camp where I'm from in West Virginia called Camp Luther. And at that place, I just felt accepted. I had people there who liked me for who I was. I had people there giving me a lot of positive praise. And when I say people, I'm not talking about counselors. I'm talking about other kids my age. And it wasn't... Um, any big one thing but I felt like I was important and I felt like people cared about how I felt and from that moment it really just it showed me how I could open up and it showed me the type of person I could be 
in terms of how I reacted to people and how I influenced other people and how I could lead other people. And ever since then, I've just embraced those moments. You know, I, I went from never volunteering to do something or, you know, raising my hand in class or being the leader of a group or the spokesperson for the group when it was time to present. I went from that to always trying to volunteer or always trying to put myself out there or always trying to be a part of something. Um, you know, I think much to my, um, sometimes my wife's displeasure, I, I, um, nominate myself to be on committees and things like that. And obviously for me, I gotta, I gotta self-manage that and not overcommit myself. But, um, if I had stayed the way I was back in high school, I, I wouldn't be doing any of those things. So, you know, I, I had to shift that identity and we're all capable of doing that. We just have to be willing to do it. And when I say willing to do it, you know, one of the words in our vocabulary that really self-sabotages ourselves is the I can't phrase. You know, I can't do that because whatever reasoning in your mind. So I can't get up early. I can't play with my kids right now because I'm too tired. I can't do this. I can't do that. And when you have said in your mind, I can't do something, you have already decided you're not going to try. Think about that. When is the last time you told yourself or you said, oh, I can't do this because X, Y, Z. And then you went ahead and did it anyways. I'm going to guess not very many times. Um, and when you say I can't, it just it's just really you saying, nope, not going to do it. I'm not even going to try to do it. And so I don't want you to let that can't word influence who you are and what you want to become. Because as soon as you start identifying where you're saying, I can't do this, and you shift it, and you shift the way you think on that, you're going to open yourself up to so much more. And that might be at home, at work, whatever that, what those relationships are. It's really going to shift who you are as a person. And I promise you're going to see the rewards of it. Now, earlier in the show, I talked about how our identity is really influenced by the people around us and what they say about us and how it influences us only if we let it influence us. And so what do I mean by that? Let's say somebody says something about you at work. Maybe it's really positive. And you hear that and you take it in and you say, oh, good. I did something right. Or this person thinks something really highly of me. I, I'm going to hold on to that. I'm going to keep it in there and I'm going to remember that. And so now it's it's giving me this positive influence. But let's say somebody at work says something negative about you or you find out they said something negative about you. You have two choices. Well, you got more than two, but let's stick with two. <laughs> let's make things simple today. You can either take that in and say, oh, wow. That person really doesn't like me. There must be something wrong with me. Or it's, okay, that's what they think. And that's it. And you move on. And sometimes it's not easy to always do that. And when you when you think about this concept, I, I listened to a podcast um, by Brooke Castillo. She is the um, creator of, of the Life Coach School. And um, she's got some really great story, messages out there. But um, the, the analogy she likes to use in this is, and I think she got it from somewhere else, but I, I don't exactly know where it came from um, specifically and who started this. So I apologize if I can't uh, credit the original person with this, but um, she likes to use the concept of a peach. So the concept is, do you like peaches? 
are you a person who really enjoys eating a peach? Are you a person that's never really liked peaches? You know, I've, my, my wife is a very big fan of peaches. I'm, I'm not a very big fan of peaches sometimes because I don't know the outside, the, the, the hair on the outside of it and everything. It's just, it's, it, it was never appetizing to me as a child. And so, um, and then, yes, I know I'm not supposed to eat the hair, but, um, and so the concept is this, it's, let's say my wife went out and bought some peaches and they were the, the best batch of peaches she's ever bought in her life. They're sweet. They were right. They were just perfect. And she offered me a peach and I said, no, I don't like peaches. I don't want those peaches. You have to ask now, is there anything wrong with those peaches? Well, no. Peaches are fine. They're ripe. They're sweet. They're probably delicious if you like peaches. But my experience, my thoughts about those peaches tells me that I don't personally like peaches. But there's nothing wrong with that peach. Does that make sense to you? So, no, I didn't hurt the peach's feelings. But think of yourself as the peach. There's going to be people that like you for all kinds of reasons. And there's going to be people that don't like you for reasons that don't have anything to do with you at all. Or there's going to be people that have mixed feelings about you. And all of that is based off of that person's history. What's influenced them in their lives. Let's use me for an example here and what you're doing right now. Hopefully there's a lot of you listening to this right now, and you guys are hearing the exact same message. You're hearing my voice. You're hearing the changes and inflections in my tone. You're hearing me say, um, a few times, because I tend to do that when I'm thinking. And you guys are all getting the same exact experience here. So how does that influence me in terms of how you respond to me as a person talking about this topic? Some of you are going to have different thoughts about who I am. Now, even though you're all getting the same experience, you're not all having the same thoughts about me or the same feelings about me or the same reactions to me. Some of you might be like, oh yeah, this message really hits home. This is great. Another one might be, this guy has absolutely no idea what he's talking about. This is terrible. This is, what kind of show is this? Now that has nothing to do with me. That only has to do with you in your history and what you find helpful for you or what you enjoy to listen to, what you enjoy as a topic or um, how somebody talks. Maybe I sound like an English teacher that droned on forever from you in high school and you're like, oh my gosh, this guy is, just reminds me of Mr. So-and-so or Mrs. So-and-so and it's, um, I hate, I hated that teacher. Or maybe it's, I reminded you of somebody like a friend and you had in college and you're just like, oh yeah, he reminds me of so-and-so. I really liked him. So now you have a better thought process of who I am as a person. Now, I didn't do anything to influence that. You guys did. Your history did. Your thoughts influenced that. So I, now I have to ask myself, do I have to let your thoughts about me influence me and my sense of identity? And the answer is no, unless I let it happen. So there's going to be some of you that like me, some of you that don't like me, and that's totally fine. And I have to just be okay with that. Because if I think too much about how you think about me, then I'm not focusing enough on how I think about myself. And we really got to do that as parents. We really got to do that as workers, coworkers, spouses, significant others, whatever it might be in our lives. There's going to be a lot of people around to judge us. And you have to decide if you're going to let those people do that. 
So I want you to think about that. You know, next time you're at the store and your kid's throwing a fit and people are giving you the look like, and it's either the, oh, I feel so bad for that parent or it's the, oh, what is that parent doing? I bet they're doing a terrible job kind of look, which I think you probably know what I'm talking about if you've been in that situation. And you have to decide if you even care what those people think or what they say or what they, you know, might kind of glance at you in a certain way and how you interpret that. Because you might interpret that glance different than the person behind you and like interprets it. And then you have to decide how you're going to let that influence you as a person. So, in summary, watch how you say things about your kids. Watch how you say things about yourself. And try to decide how you're going to let things influence you over time and how you want to self-identify. Remember, none of us are perfect in this. None of us are meant to be perfect in this. We're all meant to be different and how we interpret situation and interpret life. And if you can accept that, it's really a freeing feeling. And you don't have to feel like you have to, you know, be perfect for everybody. And if somebody can't accept you for who you are, okay. Not a big deal. You just roll with it. So, um, hope you're all doing well. Hope you're all staying safe. If you're getting anything out of this podcast, uh, you know, I always ask you guys to leave a, a review. And if, if, if you're living on or listening on Apple Podcasts or anything like that, um, the higher those reviews, those five star reviews, gets us really up in the lists to, to help other dads and, and parents alike. Um, if, again, if you have any thoughts, things that I can do to fix this, make it better, things you want me to talk about, send me a message. Uh, let me know what you're thinking about it. And um, I'm not going to let any of those negative things influence how I feel, but I will listen to them <laughs> and I will absolutely make changes if. if necessary guys so um with that uh stay healthy out there embrace the imperfection talk to you next time my dad dr jeremy toffel is a pediatrician father and husband the information provided in this podcast is not meant to be medical advice and is for your education and entertainment only